Uh, hello there, uh, listeners, uh, fans of the fan of, uh, not Phantom Zone, sorry, of Los Haro, um, fans of me, fans of Eric, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is a, uh, episode that we've been keeping in the vault, a, a test episode, a sort of a summer look back episode that we did, uh, around September last year. Um, yeah, we'll be doing something very similar, of course, and we did a summer preview for this year of course uh so yeah just a sort of a summer look back thing older mics older everything we sound different uh so uh, be be prepared for that and uh please enjoy this episode that we recorded when we weren't really sure if this show was even gonna happen uh talk to you later bye Alright, this is the second test episode of Los Haro Podcast. Uh, I am Arlen Haro, uh, your host, and with me is my co-host, Eric Sayor. Hi. And uh, sitting in with us, uh, as in our first test, uh, Alan Muir. Don't worry, housekeeping will find you too. (laughs) And um, again, since this is a test, um, you may not be hearing this when it was recorded, but uh, this will be a sort of doing summer movies um this will probably be a common thing at the first week of september if this continues and once we figure out all the stuff you know how we're doing this all but um so yeah this may be a common thing in the future you may be hearing this again months later who knows or never yeah or never it may we may just throw this one away who knows um so yeah, I guess we'll start um, with the first movie that we both saw, because we don't want to waste anybody's time or anything. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I reviewed this actually quite extensively on the Phantom Zone, so I'll let Eric start on this one. Sort um, of general thoughts. This year I was like, I was incredibly surprised by how good it was, because I had zero expectations even if even if I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I it just uh, I don't know. The last two Marvel movies weren't uh, super my cup of tea, but this one I felt hit like every narrative point it could have. Mm. Like every character had a great arc. It was super funny. It was like it, it, it as a, as the first one, it had like the same humor, the same style, and it worked super well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. It's it is still a very funny movie. It's, and I do think you're right. All the characters get equal time to sort of develop and be interesting, and it takes a lot from Empire Strikes Back narratively in terms of structure, um, and it it just doesn't care about having like a really well tight written story with the beginning, middle, and end. It's willing to sort of go off in weird directions and not yeah. necessarily have a solid point to it until the last act of the movie. Um, which one? Go ahead. Uh, it's a movie that that so works like so like it takes the theme of like uh, the father son bond or the father daughter bond. Then mm-hmm. I feel like it works. So it, it it and it sticks to it with all, almost all the characters mm-hmm. and and. Just that 
like evolution in that uh, it helps to have like the characters actually develop, actually change, which is mm-hmm. w- which is like a thing we don't really get in Marvel movies. Yeah, that's true. Usually, if anybody does change or anybody develops, it's the lead character. Because um, most of the movies, it's just one lead, and then all the side characters are side characters. They're there to sort of help the lead character achieve his mission, and then they really don't develop that much past that film. Sam Wilson has had really no character development yeah. other than in the first movie where we really introduced him. I'm, so, yeah, all I'm going to say about Guardians Volume 2 is Michael Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker is... He yeah. is... He's giving an excellent performance. He's giving uh, the kind of performance that you would want because it really does highlight him and they really do focus on a character who was sort of like a secondary villain in the first movie and they make him a hero by the end of it um so yeah it's very good i think i like it more than if you went back and listened to the phantom zone review that i gave it i was pretty negative and i was pretty down on how i thought it was unbalanced um still think it is a little bit i still think it leans a little bit too heavy on the comedy for me, um, and it's not as well done as far as the action and as far as the use of music as it was in the first movie. Oh, the action but, is the the big action set piece. I agree. Like, yeah, it worked, and it's there because it's I don't know, it's a blockbuster film, but I I could have done without the big uh, the giant hands finding each other. Yeah, yeah, it got a little silly for me, uh, a little goofy. Even within the rules of the universe already established, it got goofy. And the rules are pretty loose. So, But otherwise, I think it's a good movie. It's definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it. Um, it's out on DVD now, so definitely go watch it. Or maybe it's in your dollar theater, your discount theater. Um, so yeah, give it a try if you haven't yet, and uh, I think you'll have fun with it. you have any like final thoughts on that one, Eric? Uh, I think... I have to rewatch them both because I've only seen each once, but I think I like it better than the first one. But that may just be because I saw it more recently, and it just—I it, I still like uh, when I when it comes up, I still think about it like super positively, which I don't usually do for a lot of like bigger movies that are just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and um, moving on a little bit. Um, we're gonna go. We're just gonna give Eric a brief second to tell us about Pirates of the Caribbean. Just oh, it was very, very bad. Okay, yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> all right, now let's talk about what is the most successful movie of the year. Apparently, um, Wonder Woman. Um, personally, I still think it's like second best comic book movie of the year, um, right up there with Logan for me. Uh, it's 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 amazing. I mean, what else can you say? Um, again, I reviewed this extensively on the Phantom Zone, so I'll let Eric go a little bit longer on this one. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's great. I, th- I think it was really good. I don't know if I'd say... I think I, I like Guardians a bit better, just hmm. because... I, my, my main problem with... We, the movie is uh, mostly... It's... Uh, it's politics which are kind of weird and I don't I, don't, I think it works well as 
um, an empowerment movie. Mm -hmm. Well, is uh, feels like an empowered character, a character that makes uh, like the the right decision in the situation. But I feel maybe I'm nitpicking a bit. But like the whole like World War One context doesn't really work in that way. Mm. Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, because like World War One ended, and it was like in the World War One is mean. It's the cause of World War Two because the the Treaty of Versailles and like mm -hmm. ending in a positive with a war that was like really bad but had also a bad ending is kind of like I don't know it I feel like I'm historically nitpicking and it doesn't mm -hmm. affect really the themes of the movie but it's also a movie that's like uh, like I I liked. Wonder Woman as a character a lot. I, f I feel like the the teams work really well and it's really pretty most of the time, especially the first couple of scenes on Themyscira. Yeah, yeah. Themyscira is beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do think that there's a strong there's a strong point there in that the third act, unlike the second act, is very divorced from what the movie is actually about. Because um, the second act very much wants to focus on World War One, yeah. and setting that character against the backdrop of World War One and portraying World War One as it was, and not sugarcoating anything, not sort of you know ignoring the realities of it at all, but still having this very magical, mystical character interacting with that setting, and it does work better. Then in the third act, where she kind of saves the world through power or through love, really, um, and belief in herself, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily acknowledge the reality of how that war ended. And I, so I think that's a very valid point, and it's one that now that you pointed out, it is kind of a flaw in the movie. But I was so I was so knocked back by the second act, and I think that if the second act had been weak. I, all the problems with the first act, which are there are very few, yeah. and the third act would be more apparent to me. But because that second part of the movie, to me, you could just make a whole movie about that um, because it's so well done. I was I'm able to overlook it, but I, I do see your points, and it does it does change my view of that movie a little bit. Um, yeah, and since Al, since you're here. Um, how have your thoughts on Wonder Woman changed since you first saw it? Um, well, it's... When I first saw it, I had... Well, of course, I heard about the good review, the tons mm -hmm. of good reviews for it. And... The way I, I looked at looked at it at post, like after watching it, mm -hmm. the or the I, I assumed that or I thought that DC was one for three when making mm -hmm. films. That that's changed since after watching Man of Steel, right? So they're an even five hundred. <laughs> Yeah. Um interesting. Um so yeah. I guess my f sort of 
final thought on Wonder Woman is, I think, um, I think the story behind the scenes definitely is a big part of why people want to love it as much as they do, and I think they're completely justified in doing that. Um, because why not? I feel like in this case, it's kind of acceptable to do that. Um, and I think that if you go to the larger narrative of, well, DC, before this movie actually came out, they were not doing well. And um, most people were predicting doom and gloom. Some people still are. Um, so the fact that this movie is part of the DC cinematic universe, and to me it's still a really good movie, and it does like it does suggest that there is a m- direction that they can go in that is good objectively and far more easily digestible by wide audiences. That is something that I look forward to, and so that's something I'm glad came out of Wonder Woman, is there's a direction that we can go to, there's a compass, and it has a north star where future directors should be moving their boats towards. Yeah, a agree. very terrible metaphor, but still. <laughs> Eric, final thoughts on uh, uh, Wonder Woman, I guess. It was a good DC movie this year, which is honestly incredible that I think that this was possible. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, and I, I don't know. I feel like they managed to take a character in a franchise where nobody likes any any character and make a, make Wonder Woman incredibly likable, incredibly lovable, and just mm-hmm. a great. Um, which which kind of makes me a bit hopeful for, like, the future of the franchise. Yeah, and you're 100% right. Like, the stakes were against them. The chances of making a good Wonder Woman seemed insurmountable, and they really, they did pretty well. So, yeah. um, So I think we can, we're going to skip over a bunch of movies now, um, because the next movie that we both saw was uh, Baby Driver, if I'm correct. Um, Edgar Wright's return to Hollywood um, after the very public falling apart of Ant-Man, <laughs> um, which uh, I know a lot of people are still sad about, and a lot of people still don't like Ant-Man because they keep on imagining what the Edgar Wright version would have been like. Um, so yeah, and I, I actually didn't get to talk about this on the Phantom Zone, so I will go a little bit more deeper. Um, I think Baby Driver is popcorn fun um, in the best possible way. Um, To me. It is... It has a theme to it, and it uses theme very well, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it, and it uses it to serve what the rest of the movie is doing. And it doesn't it doesn't try to be aggressive overly in any way. It just does what it does. And it's very natural, and it feels very natural for a movie that is essentially a musical. And all, it, like, nobody's singing and dancing, really, but there's sort of there's this, like, weird... Dancing. There's a little dancing. Yeah. But there's this weird sort of bending of reality through song that is very musical-esque. So it's almost like a reinvention of the musical as a genre in a 
post La La Land world. Um, can't believe I just said those words. Um, uh, but yeah, it's very it's very interesting. Very well done. The action sequences are impeccable. They made Atlanta look like an interesting city, which not that it's not, but if anybody has seen um, what's it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it's another heist film from like a year before that was also set in Atlanta. It's a very hard city to make look cool or interesting and I think this movie does it very well so Eric some, some general thoughts on Baby Driver uh, honestly I loved it uh, Edgar Wright is maybe my favorite director right now or close to it yeah uh, I, I think you I think you find that's a common answer for a lot of people yeah yeah and the Lloyd it's a movie that's just so fun <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's it feels like a kind of uh, demeaning the movie to say it, call it just fun, but it's so fun in the best ways the movie can be fun. It's mm-hmm. like incredibly entertaining. It, it the action scenes are like you said impeccable. Like they're perfect. They're always every the, the they're probably the best car chases I've ever seen in the movie. Yeah, like and, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's also it's his style of everything is a reflection of what happened before. Every moment is calling back to something. Everything is sort of a circle and all of his movies are circular and that's what makes them so brilliant. He's always setting something up that will play later on and when it happens and the way it pays off, it is always surprising. Even though you could probably have predicted it, it's still it's always new and it's always interesting, and I can't wait to rewatch this movie and find I, new little details. Yeah, me too. I, ca- I can't wait to to watch it again. <laughs> um, but I, 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 every time I think about this movie, I think about like uh, what Guillermo del Toro said about it, which he called it uh, a Disney-like fairy tale. And oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's really that. It's a it's a love story, and in the simplest way. The sim- mm-hmm. like the the most basic love story you can like which is very fairy tale esque mm-hmm. and it's not it's every character like I've seen a lot of criticism about this movie about the characters that don't really feel like people or they don't really feel like driven but they don't mm-hmm. they they never have to be in this movie I feel like everything mm-hmm. it, which is which? Uh, which is why I love the fairy tale comparison so much. Everyone is just defined by s- simple characteristics, and the characters are all great. The performances, like John Hamm in that movie, is incredible. And I'm, I, I feel that it's it's really one of the my favorite films I've seen this year. Yeah, I do think that some of the criticisms of the characters they're they're valid, but. I think that because it's intentional, I'm kind of okay with forgiving some of it. Yeah. And even John Hamm, like one of my favorite things about him is that he's basically older baby. Like his character is very similar, and you could totally see their position switching. Um, and Baby being a very different character if he didn't find the Lily Collins character. Um, so yeah, I don't mind that some of the characters are a little bit hollow or a little bit two-dimensional because 
he doesn't really care about those characters as much. He cares about Baby and he cares about Lily Collins. And everybody else is secondary. And you get that through the film and you understand that. And I, I think it just it makes it alright with me. And I think it just works towards making the film that he wants to make. And I, I love the vision of that and the fact that he had that much control over it. So yeah, oh, definitely yeah. one of the better films of the year. Um, I'm And I'm so glad that it is, to date, his most successful film, like, ever. So that's that's nice. I'm so glad this film just exists. Mm-hmm. I I'm probably gonna... I've seen every Edgar Wright movie, like, like these four big ones, like at least ten times each, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to re- watch and rewatch this one again and again. And yeah, again. I can't and see everything I missed in the first time. Yeah, yeah, like, I can't wait to watch this the way that I've watched Scott Pilgrim. Like, yeah. I, I just, I can't, I can't wait, because I, the way that I watched that movie, it's almost religious <laughs> in in the way that I just examine moments from it or listen to the soundtrack over and over again. And it's, I just, I can't wait. So yeah, can't wait to see this again. If you haven't seen it, definitely give it a, give it a watch. It is very good. Um, and anybody who's like, it's the same movie as the movie from the 70s. Well, yes and no. You can still enjoy both things and you should watch, you should do a double feature. Watch The Driver, watch Thief, um, uh, do a triple feature. Watch watch those two movies and Drive um, and quadruple feature. Uh, you'll have a very strange experience by the end. <laughs> or very different films there. Um, so yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Baby Driver, I guess? Uh, honestly, at this point, just Give me more your right movies. I, uh, um, yeah, please. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. Again, I hope that the fact that this is his most successful movie means yeah. that we get, like, 50 more <laughs> fifty more films. I don't care what the title is. Uh, make that weird movie that he was yeah. trying to do about um, praying mantises. <laughs> giant <laughs> praying. That was, that was a movie he wanted to do about giant praying mantises who fall in love. I'm like, you know what? I'm there. I'm in. Do it. Make that Make that film. Wasn't he also like trying to do like a musical, a music, uh, cinematic universe? Oh yeah, I think he was. He was like doing like a yeah, like a movie where all the musicals are sort of in the same world or something. That I, I did hear something about. That. And I also heard something about Bowie. Yeah, m- make all those things, <laughs> please. <laughs> yes. Let's have all those things. I'm in. Yes. Um, Give him all the money he, he wants and let him make great movies. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, that Since this is a Sony film, it uh, leads perfectly into our next movie. Um, again. The Emoji Movie. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Another film that I, I got to review extensively a month after it came out, um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um this is the first collaboration of Sony and Marvel, um, for those who are unaware, and it, I think it worked out incredibly well. Um, they said they wanted to make a John Hughes movie mixed with a Spider-Man movie, and that's exactly what we got. Um, and I I loved it. What, uh, Eric, what were your thoughts? I think it was pretty good. Like, I haven't... 
there's nothing I didn't like about it. I feel like it's mm. it's uh, it's I don't know. It felt like a good Marvel movie, which yeah, which which, which is fine. Which yeah, I, which I really enjoyed in the theaters, but uh, I like the performances a lot. I like um, I don't know who plays his friend, his uh, Peter Parker's best friend. Right, I don't remember exactly. Is Michael, a sidekick or whatever? Yeah, no, he yeah. was he was really good. I like Michael Keaton is the best. In this he film. really the is the best. The best part of the movie by far, and yeah. also the fact that he's he recently turned what sixty eight and still looks mm-hmm. still still looks like he's in his forties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's... still looks like he could beat the hell out of me. Yeah, all of us. He could kill all yeah. of us <laughs> with one hand very easily. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he's he looks he's great in the movie. He's he is the reason to see the movie. I think yeah, um, yeah. he he plays this character. Um, and you, I'm not gonna spoil the reveal in the movie, but the reveal in the movie is great, and it's one of the last times I remember genuinely being surprised by a reveal. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like I feel like I I almost knew. Like I, I didn't felt surprised watching it. Just I don't know, I don't know how, but it felt like the, the it felt like the narrative beat it should be was that, and it happened. So yeah, I can see that. It just it occurred to me at but, points, but it never. But it, I was was never super, like, it was the reveal itself, and then the whole scene after that was, I think, maybe my favorite part of the movie. The whole scene yeah. between yeah. And the car, the car, the car, yeah, the car scene, the car, the car scene. Yeah. yeah, that's the best directed scene in the whole movie. Like, yeah. John Watts directs the hell out of that scene, and it's it's very good. The tension is real, and you can sort of see what he brought from his previous film, Cop Car, which is a it's it's a all right movie. It's fine, um, but it has really good elements to it and you could sort of see elements of that that he brought over with him sort of the idea of the adult who is a bad guy but he's also a complex person um so yeah it's very good on that level and sort of his interaction with children for black yeah for lack of a better descriptor um so yeah I, i really like that i really like tom holland um i'm not willing to say that he's the best spider man yet just because I don't, I don't know if this movie was really his movie, if that makes sense. It's very yeah. much an ensemble almost. Yeah. And, and the story is really the star, not necessarily Spider-Man. Um. So yeah, I, I think it's also a good addition to the universe. Um, like building out the universe and explaining elements and sort of telling us well what happens to all those items that get retrieved after supervillains show up? What happens when all these weapons are just out in the air for people to just take? But so that was you seen the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you've been watching that show, you might know from there, but uh, I haven't. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Oh, and, yeah, it's a good, yeah. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, it's not a rush out and see it. Um, it uh, might uh, still be in your theaters, so. I love how, like, 
diver naturally diverse his classmates feel like the the whole yeah. like they 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 all like it's it's so it feels so natural there's no like uh, doesn't feel like mm-hmm. oh, uh, token x character token x character it's just normal for mm-hmm. a your class yeah and the the subversion of tropes that occurs yeah. also is great yeah. i love their version of eddie brock he's he's great he's He's a nerd kid, but he's a nerd kid who's also a bully, um, which you mean, is... You mean Flash Thompson? What did I say? You said that Eddie Brock. Oh, it, okay. I will fight anybody that tells me they are not the exact same character, because they are. But that's just me. Um, yeah, whatever. Same same exact person. Well, <laughs> Come depends, at me, Spider-Man. It depends man. on which... On which, which uh... Which which series you're you're uh, right, 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 right? Are you six one six or if you? Blah, blah, yeah, I I know, oh, no, I know. I'm talking about Raimi or Webb. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so yeah. Um, final final thing. I wish they had done opposite with the ending. Yeah. Like yeah yeah. I feel like Spider Man starts at the point and end pretty close to the same spot and I wish they'd have done something completely like, yeah. it would have felt more interesting for the character, for the future of the character yeah, I see that point I, I do think that his arc is ultimately do I want to be a street kid hero or, you know, do I want to be more like Daredevil or do I want to be more like Iron Man um because the universes aren't connected well enough, we never get like a moment where he's like looking at a Daredevil poster or anything. But that's beside the point. Um, that would be great. Um, yeah, we never get that sort of moment, and that arc is not really—it's not played that well, and it's kind of forgotten at points, and it comes back at the end. So I, I do think that that is—that's a valid, valid criticism of this movie. Um, ultimately, though, it's fine. You should definitely go see it, or good, I should say. Go watch it. Um, have fun with it. If you love Marvel movies, you're gonna love this one. Yeah, I can't believe we only got the good superhero movies so far this year. Yeah, I think that's they're all like, they're all at least good. Like in in my in my mind, if Guardians of the Galaxy two by the end of this year is the least good superhero movie, then. W- w- this is the best year in superhero movies ever. Yeah, I feel like it's already it's already is, and it's like, maybe, yeah. And there's like there's only two more movies left that could screw it up, and um, I'll, I don't I'll feel tell like... you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> know I know. Which, it's gonna be. <laughs> we know if one if it's one of them, I think we know which one it might be. Um, I that's that's fair. Uh, uh, it, it might rhyme with uh, uh, m- musty uh, musty leaves. It's a bad rhyme, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He pulls his shirt. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess we can move on to the next one that we've both seen, which I believe is Dunkirk. Um, Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's World War Two action movie because it's not a war movie according to him whatever chris whatever you say it's it's up to you uh you're the man um director of uh, dark knight whatever you say goes um yeah 
not not a war movie, action movie, Dunkirk. Uh, <laughs> it has split timelines. I don't know how he achieved that. I don't know how he managed to put that into a World War II movie, but there are split timelines. Uh, so he gets to do the thing that he loves most while making a movie about ships. Confuse um, most people in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it did. I think a lot of people got confused yeah. by the word that he used to describe the dock, um, which I don't remember. But that moment probably threw people off. Um, but yeah, if you're unaware, though, basically the way it works is if you're in one setting, the movie takes place over a week. If you're in another setting, it takes place over like 24 hours, right? Yeah, it is a day. Yeah, and then another takes place over an hour, and that's the Tom Hardy section of the story, and it is constantly going back and forth between these three storylines that all culminate at the end, and it's you would think based off the description of that, well, how does that work? What? How? How? How does that make sense? And how does that come together as a functioning movie at the end? And it does. By the, there are points in the movie where you have seen what's going to happen. Like, multiple points where you were like, oh, that's going to happen? And still, when that thing happens, you're still surprised. And you're still shocked. And you're, st- you're still just like, whoa, that was, whew, that was intense. And you knew it was happening. You knew it was coming. It's like in Jaws. You know that the guy's going to get attacked by the shark when he puts his feet in the water or whatever. And when he falls off the boat, you know the shark's going to get him. Or somebody's going to save him at the last moment. There are so many moments like that where you know that a thing is going to sink. And then you see it sinking and it still, it still means something. And it's still shocking to you in the moment. So it, it just speaks to how good of a filmmaker Christopher Nolan is. Um, so, yeah. What are your sort of general thoughts on the movie? Uh, I don't know if you saw it in IMAX too. No. That was the <laughs> the loudest movie I've ever heard. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe, maybe the most intense theater experience I've ever had. It's so tense. It's so loud it's so it's like almost terrifying to watch because it feels like war and it feels like death and it feels like mm-hmm. so such a brutal movie that doesn't yeah yeah it's it's so yeah it was it was like a great experience i i think it's a great movie and i don't know um as Christopher Nolan likes to, it feels like everything he likes to do in movies, stylistically, he could concentrate it in like an hour, an hour, an hour 40 minutes. It's maybe his shortest movie, I'm not sure, but close to mm-hmm. it. And yeah, so concentrated, it worked super, super well. Yeah, I think, I think it's very important to point out that this movie... You're right, it's so intense. And it's a movie that <clears throat> there were a lot of complaints before it even came out about, well, why isn't it rated R? And how can a World War II movie be effective without showing blood or guts or gore? And it's so psychological 
Yeah. That it overcomes that. It completely overcomes any of that concern, for me at least, of what of how it's gonna affect the audience because it just it's so from the perspective of the camera, which is so in the face of all the lead characters, there's very few moments in the movie other than like landscape shots or whatever, or wide shots, where you're not right up next to the lead character or the character that you're supposed to be following in that moment. And you feel what they're feeling because you are so close to them. You feel like you are one of the men that's on the beach. You feel like you're in the plane with Tom Hardy. You're on that boat. And it's just so intense and you feel so immersed that it doesn't matter that there is no blood. Or guts or gore. It's all it, equally It doesn't need it. It never needs it. Yeah, if it, if it did, it would be overkill. Yeah, um, no, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take you out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mean, like and, uh, the Saving Private Ryan works really well because the blood feels part of mm-hmm. what's the what's supposed to uh, scare you, what's supposed to show you the brutality of war. But this movie, it's more about the numbers than the violence. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so many people die on screen. Like, yeah, so many, and. And it's it's a new movie about how like you can be a heroic soldier and it can be nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it sometimes it doesn't matter how how if you're the best or if you're the most uh, honor, honorable or if you want to help people, someone people just die in war and that it's awful and that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a movie that's about it's it's all built on tension and that tension is built around these characters that are constantly changing throughout the movie. And it it ha- again, every character is different and every not everybody's just like a good guy. Like there's yeah. a, there's a subplot about a character who does some very probably bad things in order to survive. But when everybody finds out what he's done, they are no better um, after the fact. And it's very, I don't want to say Lord of the Flies, but it it does have a sort of a similar feeling of like people turning on each other who should be banning together in order to survive. And this sort of primal instinct people have to just rip each other apart the moment they think of, one of them is different from one another. Um, or is the, the other? The feeling of desperation in that movie is so mm-hmm. good. Like, so well done. You can feel like... Even characters you see from for a second, you can always feel, like, death looming over them. They're, they're, they could easily be the next one to die, and it, they know it, and it's, it's why I feel like... It's the most... Like I said, the most tense I've ever felt watching a movie because... It, yeah. 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 Uh, and I made a Jaws comparison earlier, and I think yeah. it's it's a perfect... It, it's... I've, I haven't felt this tense since I was a child watching Jaws for the first time. So it's it's very... Yeah, it's a very hard movie to watch in some parts, but it is rewarding. I think it's... I think if Christopher Nolan doesn't get... 
a win um, at the Oscars this year, I will be shocked. Like, I'm I'm just putting that out there right now. Um, like, this is this is just one of those movies that you need to see, and it's it could be like a turning point in Christopher yeah. Nolan's career. Um, but yeah, great action movie, great sequences, great score. Hans Zimmer is yeah. Hans Zimmer it up. I mean, he's just doing what he does best. Um, and uh, Harry Styles is actually a good actor. <laughs> he's like he's like scarily good. Yeah. <laughs> like you like should not be that good. Yeah. Um, he doesn't deserve it, and he's just he's he's excellent in the movie. Yeah. And the, the lead British kid who doesn't really talk that much, he doesn't say much, but when he does say something, he's just so real. Um, so yeah, I, I love Which it. Which one? Uh, the he's 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 just the mostly silent character. He's yeah, just like the guy that you start with, who's in the he's the in beach. yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like okay, on the yeah. road. Yeah, 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 um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, great movie. Um, I thought, and yeah, definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, okay. I think we can sort of move to. Um, what I'm calling uh, the other half of uh, John Wick 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, <laughs> because, um, so I have interesting thoughts on Atomic Blonde. Um, Eric, I know you you really liked it, correct? Oh, I liked it a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was... Uh, I, I, I like the storytelling, I like the, the, mm-hmm. the, like the, the, the story itself. I feel like yeah. it was like well told, and mm-hmm. I like the Tristeron. I feel is excellent. I like the the fight scenes were mm-hmm. great as expected, but still, and it wasn't the movie I expected, but I ended up liking it more because of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely liked it. Um, going in months after having all these reviews sort of seep into my head and sort of having. And understanding what everybody else thought about it, I went in with kind of low expectations about this, but I still wanted to see a movie by the other half of the John Wick team, the half that decided to not work on John Wick Two. And here's the thing: so here's what I came to: the performances in this movie are great. Um, the action is just as good as it is in John Wick One or in John Wick Two. Both movies have really great action. And I think they're both really well done. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same team working on both movies. Um, I I like the story. It's fine. And it's it's no worse than any of the middle James Bond movies. Middle quality James Bond movies, at least. Um, so it's fine on that level. And on the level of, I want a female James Bond. It is great. It is everything that you would want that to be. Um, while also being rated R and being very violent and very gory. Um, and it uses that well. It doesn't overdo it. It's not a bunch of brains exploding on screen, um, which easily could have been. Um, it's not Kingsman. And I love it, how every time she fights, she's visibly weaker than the guys she fights against. That is it, something that I like. Yeah. It's so, like, it's, it feels so, like, you can feel the weight of the characters, and and it's mm-hmm. uh, which is a great, great in action scenes. Yeah, and that is something that I do think makes it unique. Is that 
oftentimes there is an instinct I feel to have female characters just be evenly matched with their male counterparts. They're just evenly matched. No question about it. They are just the same level in terms of strength or skill or stamina or whatever. This movie acknowledges that she might not be. She's going up against six-foot-tall Russian guys. Exactly. Like, she's going up against guys who have grown up in the Russian-Siberian wilderness and who have been, you know, milking cows or whatever, building things, (laughs) carrying stones, you know. Some of them have grown up in prison camps, whatever. You know, people who have lived hard lives. And she's, I mean, she's a woman. She's just a normal person, basically. And that's not to downgrade her because she is instantly the smartest person in the movie and that's her advantage that she has over all her counterparts she's a smarter fighter than everybody else she's always looking for an advantage over her opponents and she's like a chess player she looks for any little thing that could give her any sort of leg up you know there's a sequence where she chooses the wrong thing as a leg up she chooses a key and for a second you're like well is this actually gonna do it is it this gonna help and it I don't want to give it anything away but maybe it doesn't um so yeah like you get these moments where it's like oh no that 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 hose that was the good idea (laughs) the hose worked out very well for her um chair good idea um good chair that's a very (laughs) like you get all these moments where she's and and I love like you see it working out in her brain you see it in her face Okay, what's the thing that I can do in this moment to give me an advantage over your own Someone that's like, yeah, yeah, Um, over a guy that's 100 pounds more than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to punch Euron in the face? That was my favorite thing. Yeah. (laughs) Euron is is the guy with the, like, the fro and, like, the mustache. Yeah. And I just, like, that's Euron Greyjoy. (laughs) I wish I'd seen this before Game of Thrones, although I think it would have been around the same time that Game of Thrones aired, but still, like, yeah, but it's it's great. It's it's a it is a good movie. I do think though something I'm noticing. So David Leach, I think he is better at visuals. And the other director whose name I cannot remember, the other director of John Wick, he is better at story. Um, in in my mind, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, did, um, did, which one did David Leach did the uh, Atomic Bomb? Yes, and yeah. Chad Soliski did John Wick yeah. Chapter okay. 2. They both worked on John Wick Chapter 1, which I think most people would agree that for the movie that it is, it's got a really good story, it's got yeah. really good acting, and it's got... It's, I mean, this is what everybody... This is the reason that people tell you to watch the movie. It's got great action sequences. Um, great action sequences. I feel like Chad Stolinski is better at the story. And David Leach is better at the visuals. And that is sort of what made John Wick 1 such a great movie in my mind. And when they split apart, they kind of took the aspects that are more interesting to them with them into their Can I just talk about films. Uh, two scenes in John Wick so far that have... Yeah. Okay. The... Um... When the cop shows up, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, the world building in that first movie is amazing. It's like a comic book. Um, and the yeah. gun fu, quote unquote, in his house or whatever that he do- that he's doing in the in the house at the house at the at yeah. the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, that movie's great. Um, again, like visually great. The story's really good. The acting is really good. The performances are just surprisingly good for a movie again that you know when going into it what you might have expected from it um but i was really want like real quick your thoughts on that do you think i'm kind of right a little bit or do you think that both movies are equally sort of stand on their own if you had to uh, i don't know some some stuff in uh in john wick 2 didn't work i feel as well as the first one which yeah I don't like um the first one is a movie that cares really a lot about feeling super maybe realistic is not the word but it kind of is like in terms of the use of weapon and the like each bullet is is accounted for each yeah. it's, uh, it's a movie that cares a lot about that and you don't really have that in John Wick 2 I mean, you, the the scene in the subway where they shoot each other with a silencer mm-hmm. which makes no real sense because that's not how those work. Yeah, and considering yeah. how much the first movie cared about that. Yeah, I, but it's a great scene. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but it's like it's different level of maybe maybe uh, Leech cares a bit more about that stuff and him not being there made the difference yeah i do think you're right i think he cares more about rules and about the the rules in universe yeah um there's a sense there's an internal logic in atomic bond that isn't there in john wick chapter two i think that's that's so i do think so maybe i am right they did take other things with them they each took sort of elements and i do think that they should have stuck together personally um That's my personal feeling on it. But um, I'm, I'm also happy to live in a world where we get both John Wick 2 and Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I, I agree. Like Atomic Blonde, it's it's a very good movie, and I'm definitely going to tell yeah. people that they should watch it. And again, if you're really into James Bond, like I am, it's a very good movie. So, isn't which one of the two is working on is directing Deadpool 2? Uh, the director of Atomic Blonde, if I'm correct the other one is working on john wick 3 so oh. i'm a lot more excited for Deadpool 2 now i did not know that yeah um <laughs> yeah and uh i do think that it's interesting that deadpool 2 has it has a lot of great casting announcements um so yeah that's but, that's but, the thing but with atomic bomb he shows he can work with great actors yeah yeah, and so him working with Josh Brolin, who is, I mean, top what 20. The, yeah, yeah, one of the best. Like, like he's up there as far as best of all time. He's been in some of the best movies of the last 10 years, um, too, in my opinion. Um, one we talked about last week, and uh, No Country for Old Men. So he's one of the yeah. best, and he's 
gonna be capable in Deadpool too. Yeah. Like, like that's so. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, all right. Do you have any final thoughts on Atomic Blonde? Because I, I don't really have anything other than you that. Say, say if you if we get the, with if we can get the, a, a, a big blockbuster action movie with a, a character that a main character that's Wonder Woman and two not straight. I feel that's a great thing. Yeah, definitely. All right, and now let's move on to sort of the last movie of the summer that we can talk about. Um, Logan Lucky, uh, directed by David, by Steven Soderbergh. David Soderbergh. I don't know who David <laughs> Soderbergh is. We uh, kind of talked about that was his brother it, who he absorbed it, in the womb. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit in our first test, but that might not come out. So. Um, yeah, this is a good movie, most likely written by Steven Soderbergh, um, as far as we know. Yeah, it's it's great. It's yeah. yeah. Um, I think I might have cut you off a little bit there. So what? Are, no, no, what are your actually, general yeah, thoughts? I, I agree. It's really it's really great. I, I saw it actually with a bunch of. I, I took a bunch of friends to see it, and oh. people that that. Uh, I don't know. They they don't watch as many movies as we do, but everyone <laughs> loved it. Even my my brother would that watches like that goes to tears like three times a year. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, I love that your friends loved it because I think that if a lot of people saw this, they would all come out loving the movie. I think yeah. it is. It's a hard movie to hate. Um, and like, there's so many interesting little things in it. Like, surprise, Seth MacFarlane is in this movie, and guess what? <laughs> He's kind of one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> like he's like, I, I kind of love him in the movie. So there's a lot of little. I, I feel I feel bad because I saw his name in the credits and I don't know who he played. He so <laughs> he's the he's the energy drink guy. Oh um, shit! Yeah, that's Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> he's, like, he's he's really good actually. Like, he's like great. Yeah, like he should play that kind of character. Yeah. From now on, in all movies, like that sort of weird character who just shows up out of nowhere, like that's just who he should be. He should be that ridiculous character. And like, if they were ever going to reboot Austin Powers with another actor, like maybe he should be who they go to because it's a very similar character. So it's an easy connection to make. But yeah, I agree. No, he could play a good Austin Power. I don't feel we need another Austin Power movie, but... I agree with that also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Daniel Craig is great in this movie. And oh, yeah. yeah he's... I mean, he's, he's great. And, like, if you're wondering whether or not Daniel Craig is one of the best actors working today, despite the fact that he doesn't get nearly as much work as he should, he is. He's just... Yeah, I, I love like him. The- James Bond movie fucks him up, yeah. Fuck him up so much that he doesn't like have the energy to do more than that. And mm-hmm. I feel like he wants to, and this is a him doing more is great. I just want more Daniel Craig. Yeah, definitely more more weird performances like yeah. this. No ghost houses or whatever that movie was where his he was in a house and he was seeing the ghosts of his kids. Less that, more this fun Daniel Craig doing weird character performances that are they're just like he he makes them feel so real <laughs> he makes this joe bang character just pop out of the screen yeah for me. Um, yeah he's he's yeah he's great in every scene 
Yeah. Like, even the little details, like the fact that his favorite food is these packaged hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> yeah. With salt. <laughs> and it's fake salt. Fake salt. <laughs> and he goes on a whole monologue about fake salt. It's like, it's so good. I love it. Um, it's moments like that that make me love movies. Those little tiny moments that give you so much about who a character is. And um, this movie is packed with those. So it's great. It's a great movie. Um, I like a lot how it's shot and mm-hmm. like it's... Fe- it feels so similar to the to the ocean movies and how it's shot and how it, mm-hmm. how it's directed. It, that it's it's weird that it's not one of them. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like he remade his own movie, which yeah. I'm completely fine with. Yeah, and <laughs> changed everything about it and made it. Yeah, made it almost better. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the characters are so unique and yeah. far more reachable, like. You could, you could maybe meet Danny Ocean, possibly. Yeah. I feel like I could meet all of these characters just like walking out of my door right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I could meet Joe Bang. I would have to for him. I'd have to look a little bit harder. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I could meet um, Adam Driver's character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, easily. I could meet him easily. I could meet him tonight. Yeah. Um, I I could meet Channing Tatum's character. Yeah. Uh, probably by like going next door, um, <laughs> like like he is that real of a character, and he's just, he's just and he's so likable. Um, and I understand, like I don't understand people who don't like Channing Channing Tatum at this point in his career because he is he's just grown so much as an actor. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, uh, me too. It's great. All right. Um, that was the summer. Um, so there are do, a lot you of people... a, do you want some final thoughts on a movie you've seen that we didn't get to talk about, maybe? Um, I guess I can... T- yeah, let's each take one that we sort of didn't talk about that okay. we really... Um, I'll let you go first while I figure okay. out what that's going to be. Uh, I want to talk about Valerian, which is which is a really, really weird movie that had a $180 million budget. <laughs> <laughs> and made no money, which is the saddest thing. Uh, the saddest thing about this summer mm-hmm. movie season, because I like that movie a lot. It's it's not great. The performances right. kind of uh, the n- not the performances themselves, but the two main characters don't have enough chemistry, which I feel is a bit of the disappointment. Mm-hmm. That's the 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 part driving the movie back, but like the world building is excellent. It's a beautiful movie. Like the special effects are are like some of the best, uh, maybe maybe the best I've seen. Like as a movie that's full of CG, it's um it's maybe the best CG I've I've seen for a full like for building a full world and. Uh, the the opening scene is the best. The I think it's my favorite blockbuster scene I've seen this year. Maybe not, but maybe favorite opening scene definitely. It's mm. it's incredible. It's perfect. It gave me tears to my eyes. I almost cried just from the opening scene. I don't know if you you've seen it. Sir, no. I, I, yeah, I I haven't seen it and. So this is uh, 
So I'm not... I'm not the biggest Luc Besson fan. <laughs> um, I, I I feel like I'm I'm well known at this point for disliking the Fifth Element quite a bit, um, I, and that's a very unpopular opinion to have. It seems among my friends who all seem to love that movie incessantly. I I've yeah. seen it for the first, I saw it for the first time this year yeah. because I heard it was like it felt like kind of. Uh, a prequel to that, the sequel, like a, a sequel in this style to that, mm-hmm. and I liked the I, I liked the uh, the Fifth Element, but not yeah. loved as much as other people do. Yeah, there's some people but who I, like that's their Star Wars. Um, I like Valerian better. Yeah, I can definitely tell, and it's, it's the yeah. I want to. I don't know if you want me to talk to you about the, that opening scene because I feel like you can not watch the movie at all, but just watch that scene and. You especially would love it. I think I, de- I think I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, yeah. And I've heard a lot about the opening scene, and it is very good. And as far as like science fiction, fantasy, and it's like yeah. biggest and craziest, it's good on that level. And that's something that I can appreciate. Yeah. Um, it's a I'm, great adventure movie. Actually, like mm-hmm. the characters go through literal adventures in the same way. We get like in a kind of Indiana Jones movie or something like that, mm-hmm. and they go to all these cool places and all these interesting, uh, like uh, aliens, which I I think makes for a super fun movie. I, I love that part of it. Huh. I'm definitely gonna check it out because yeah. you have talked about it a lot and you you really do seem to like it. Um, yeah, and so and that's we'll talk, look, we'll talk about it when you see it. Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely gonna give it a chance. It's just like I have a hard time sometimes, but and the story behind it does make me feel a little bit like eh, I wish it had done, I wish it had done something, you know, um, something a little bit better than what it did. And again, like a lot of people I respect, a lot of people whose opinions I respect really enjoyed it. Um, like a like your Max Scovilles, for example. Yeah. So that's something that's yeah, that's something that I'm definitely gonna see. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I'm not just gonna ignore it. And um, so my movie for the summer, and it's not quite as sad because it, it still did well, uh, is a uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, the new Apes trilogy, um, which really just be called apocalypse now but um (laughs) that's beside the point um it's it's probably one of the better modern trilogies of all time in my opinion um yeah and it i think it ended fairly strongly um there are a lot of criticisms of that movie that can be made by certain people uh who will go unnamed um who are very wrong uh but it's it's a good movie it's it's not great. I think that the second movie is an all-timer for me. Um, the second movie is the only one I've seen, and it's really, really good. It is. It's it's very good. The first movie was sort of a surprise. You know, you go in and reboots are hit and miss. We know this. I mean, yeah. we've all seen the newest RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> all of us have. Every, literally all of us. Um so we all know we we all know that not everything can work out well um and that's definitely an example of one that did not work out 
well. Um, so going into that movie, it was a surprise that it was as good as it was. And it's very much like, it's a prison escape movie about genetically modified apes. And that's all you need to know about it. And it's it's great. The story is great. If you haven't seen it, definitely go back and watch it if you're started with Dawn. Dawn is, I think, one of the best modern blockbusters of these of this decade. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if it's not in top ten of this decade, by the end of it, I will be yeah. very surprised. Yeah. Um, great special effects. Three years later. Great performances. Um, great performances. Um yeah, some of the best actors working today, uh, some of the best young actors working today um, are in that film. Uh, certain actors who are very underappreciated, uh, such as the actor playing Koba, who also played Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four. And Kong. Actors like that. Yes. He also got to play Kong. So he is the other guy that you go to when you need someone to play an ape, other than Andy <laughs> Serkis. <laughs> Um, he's the other guy now. He's the uh, when they, dude. yeah, when they do another Lord of the Rings movie, they're gonna go to him. Um, so, yeah, probably. So yeah, he's um he was also I mean funny enough he was uh, the lead orc in the World of Warcraft movie, um, which oh, yeah. is the best part of that movie, probably. Uh, the I orcs. Didn't, I didn't um, see that. Oh, it's it's. <laughs> It's the best kind of trash fire. <laughs> um, and it's definitely worth giving a, giving a watch just to be amazed by how weird it is. Um, and how much it like steals from Game of Thrones while getting right none of what made Game of Thrones good. Um, like, just complete misunderstanding of why that series works as well as it does. But that aside... War for the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes is a sort of... It's an end to the trilogy. And that's sort of... That's the... Um, rubric for which it should be judged on. Is it a good end to a trilogy? Yes. Is it necessarily the movie that I wanted, personally? Not exactly. Um, for three years we've been wanting to see... Conflict between apes and humans and really see what a full-scale version of that would be. And in three movies, we never got it, and we never got it in a movie called War for the Planet of the Apes. So that is something to consider before going into it. It's not really a war movie, um, but calling it Holocaust of the Apes um, would not sell. It just it wouldn't, um, because that's closer to what it is. Um, it may be emotionally um, hard for certain audiences to watch because I'm not sugarcoating it when I call it that. It is very hard and it is very dramatic in its use of imagery and the things that it is evoking and the references it is making not even to popular culture but to history and to reality and things that may or may not be going on now or may happen in the future. Um, uh, So yeah, if you're looking for a movie that is just full of reality and darkness and it really tells something about what it means to be alive in the world um and and this is something that was hard when dawn came out what does it mean to be humane not human but humane 
Um, what does that mean? What does what are your rules for your society and how do you organize your society? And when you say things like ape will not kill ape, what does that mean when you break that rule? And that's a theme that's explored a lot. And how are you no better or worse than your enemy? And it, it really explores those themes in a way that I thought was very well handled. Um, again, I think it's better handled than uh, Dawn. But it's it's a good movie. You should definitely see it. You should watch the whole trilogy if you haven't. Um, because it is... If you wait for these movies to all be out, wait for, like, a, I don't know, a collector set or something, and you just watch all three of these movies, I the experience that you will have, I imagine it would be just amazing. So, That's what I think I'm going to do. Because yeah. I haven't seen the first one, and the third one also yeah. looks great. So, and the second one, I'd be watched... <laughs> Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, and it's and it's great that it's a by the end it's a complete story. Yeah, and that is something that we don't really get. Like there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to this story. It may not be the ending that you want, um, but it's an ending, and it's a powerful ending, and that's that's worth celebrating, and that's worth telling people to go see. So yeah, um, see War for the Planet of the Apes if you haven't. Um, <laughs> All right, let's do sort of outros because I yeah. have to go see it. Um, oh, nice! All right, yeah. all right. Um, yeah, I said I, I don't know if I'm going to see that in theaters. I'll oh, probably, okay. I'll probably wait until you tell me if it's a good enough, and then I'll. <laughs> based it, off what I'm hearing, it getting, you might like, really good reviews. It. Yeah, it got really great reviews. Yeah, it's getting like it's. The reaction is so positive that I have to go see it. Even yeah. if I wasn't, even if I hadn't already bought the tickets, I would have gone. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you if it's really good because yeah. um, I think it will be. Um, yeah. Okay. So plugs, I guess I'll go first. Um, uh, at AA Haro on Twitter, uh, that's where you can get my thoughts, get my initial thoughts on it. Um, if you're really interested, and uh, look forward to getting responses. Yay! Eric? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at E-S-A-Y-O-U-R E-S-A-Y-O-U-R, and uh, you can soon read my Mad Max piece on the Harrow. By the point this goes out, it would have probably been out, but... Yeah. yeah. Just type in Mad Max, you'll get Eric's piece, and you'll get a piece that I wrote like two years ago. Oh, yeah. So you can read both of those and get our (laughs) takes. Um, Uh... Although I'd probably stand by everything that I said about that movie two years ago because it's still the best movie 2015. Hashtag should have won Best Picture. Um, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alan, any plugs before we, we, yeah. we leave uh, You the can people? follow me on Twitter at TheAlanMirror. You can uh. also subscribe to Video Game Hour. Oh, yeah. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh-huh. All right. And that is the end of this second test episode of the Lost Harrow podcast. If you are actually listening to this and this did not go into the void, um please uh, rate, subscribe, uh yeah, all the things, share with your friends. Um maybe this has a YouTube channel, I don't know yet. Um subscribe there. Share that with your friends too. Like it. No, you know, 
whatever. Tell again. Tell your friends. Tell your family that this is something that you're into. So because that's how these things grow. Um, goodbye. Bye. Bye.